Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven Podcast. Yes. In this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 15 of Seventh Heaven, the title of which is It Happened One Night, or if you are in Germany, the title is Sleep Children Sleep. It Happened One Night is actually a movie from 1934. Um which has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so it must be good. Did I say 1984? I think I meant to say 1934. No, you said 34. Oh, okay. All right, so anyway, our IMDb user synopsis of this episode is, The first weekend all seven siblings are home, Eric and Annie meanly plan to extend their child labor scheme to babysitting the ever-noisy baby twins, which only causes misery for the others without yielding sleep for them. Matt even accepted a menial delivery job at the Dairy Shack, but can't stick it out with the owner's son as hostile boss. Simon enjoys ordering there, but Eric even steals from him. Mary slips away to meet Wilson, and meanwhile, non dates Jordan, while Lucy can only cover, pointlessly, by doing double chores. Lucy decides to run away, making Simon's guard job impossible, so even Happy gets neglected. While Eric just ignores his well-read parenting tips, the baby-soothing solution proves musical. <laughs> I really like that summary. Again, inaccuracies. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. So, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I guess just a... I think you brought it up the best when you said, like, last uh, the last episode we did with the babies being born was all full of, like, tropes of when birthing happens. Um, and I think that's the same thing that happened with this first episode with the twins and the babies there. Um, it was just all episode filled with, like, you know, your usual TV tropes about, oh, new parents or um, babies crying. Like, or, you never get any sleep with babies because they just cry all the time. Or the youngest, you know, feeling neglected. Um, things like that. I don't know. It wasn't really a good episode. I think... It was a really poor episode. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that happened outside of the Camden household... Were the most interesting. Yes, but also feel, felt like they came out of nowhere. It almost felt like the writers in the room were like, uh, we can't keep all these kids in the house, so how do we bring... How do we, like, make their lives interesting? Oh, let's bring back old lovers. And that's what they did for, like, five seconds. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can get started. Um, so as we, you kind of already said, the background for this entire episode is that the Camerons are overwhelmed because the twins just will not stop crying um, to a point where it's, like, beyond colicky. It's like, if this is actually... Ha- if you watch this episode right. and you have a baby and this is what you're, how your baby is acting... Take that baby to a hospital because there is something wrong, seriously wrong. Especially because when they do the shots of the babies crying, clearly they're using the sh- like a lot of the same shots over again, and clearly what they've done is recorded a baby crying and just played the recording on repeat. But uh, one of the babies does not look it's like so red in okay. the face. Yeah, does not. It looks like it ha- is having actual trouble breathing. So yeah, um, yeah. You have your typical. Um, so but the whole I guess the cold open opens on. The baby's crying, right. surprise, and the cam rents are, like, having trouble getting them to quiet down, and then Matt comes through the well, back. Well, before that happens, uh, I guess one of our first pee moments of the episode, um, one of the babies pees on Cam's, on uh, Reverend Cameron, Camden's face. Yeah, uh, which really does happen, I'm pretty sure, with boys, when they, like, if you take the diaper off, like, the cold air makes them pee <laughs> in your you. face. Thank you for that science so, lesson. Science. <laughs> um, 
cool. So I don't know. I don't know anything about babies, but that's a fact. So um, and right as Aaron said, uh, Matt comes through the back door, and the back door shutting is kind of the the, the cam the cameras are like oh, they're home because now they're like in, as as the user synopsis said the child labor continues. Uh, we see that all of the kids are home, and they're kind of being loud, and Matt's, Matt says, be quiet, we can't let them know that we're home, otherwise they won't ever let us leave. Uh, what we learn... Lucy says something about it being a hell home, which yeah. I really appreciated. And she says... Um, Usually her mind self-censors, because everybody's like, oh, she said hell. But apparently because she hasn't, she can't concentrate with the babies around, it doesn't. Um... Before we move on, I'd just like to point out we have a singular fashion moment of the episode, and it comes right in the beginning. Um, and Matt wears the same outfit throughout. The, yeah, the entire yeah. episode. Matt has, as you very uh, wittily pointed out, witt- wittily, I'm going to just say that that's a word, uh, he looks like he just came back from a poetry reading. Yeah, he's or he's like in a Steve Jobs outfit. He's got yeah. a black turtleneck, uh, yeah, the black, only thing yeah. Steve Jobs ever wore, a black turtleneck, although the, the neck's a little higher than like the Steve Jobs, and then he's got a black leather jacket on, um, which is, like, too big. I guess it's still 90s, like, baggy clothes. Um, but he looks it. Yeah he, yeah, he does look like he... And his hair looks like it has more product in it. It looks a little greasier than it usually does, so mm-hmm. he looks kind of like... He, all he, need, he needed was, like, a beret. Mm-hmm. Looking at borrowed Dina's. Um, as the kids are trying to sneak into their rooms without being noticed, the parents, who obviously already know they're all home, um, open the door, and they're like, gotcha! And... They don't even say that. He's like, well, they all make the face like they said gotcha, but uh, the Rev goes, oh, look, honey, our five wonderful children are home, or something stupid like that. And I hate this entire episode is them pretending like they don't know things and then using it to, like, manipulate the kids, which I don't know. I don't think I get that parents do that. but <laughs> I know. It's not fun to watch, though, yeah. <laughs> having experienced it yourself in life. <laughs> um, so that's basically the cold open, and that is most of the parents' storyline. Um, I guess just to clear things up, uh, the reason that this is, this is like a specifically important time is because it's the first weekend that all of the kids are home. Uh, so we're led to believe that I guess the, they've gotten off helping with the babies because of, like, schoolwork cool. and stuff, so... So it's been... We're, we're led to believe that they the, the babies are, like, seven days old or, or like, around a week old. Um, I guess, <laughs> good timing, the babies came out on a weekend. Well, I feel like every single episode of this show pretty much takes place on a weekend, weekend. and if it doesn't, there's, like, a time jump, and it's like, oh, we have to go to school. Or they go to school on the Friday, and then it's like... Yeah, anyway. that it's, yeah. So uh, this is their, everybody's first weekend at home. Um, nobody wants to be there, and... The parents are basically delegating throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, so they make it clear that no one is going to be allowed to leave the house this weekend. Um, so then this, this is a nice segue into Matt's whole plot during this episode. Right. Matt gets out of the kind of, like, ban on leaving that, like, being, like, house... What do you call that? On house arrest? Yes. <laughs> because he's like, oh, I, I actually have a job. Um, the Dairy Shack started delivering, and I'm their new delivery boy. Um, and the Rev is like, okay... Slick, uh, but we get we get back to this kind of like um, storyline or like arc that's been established since like I guess the first episode of season one. Yeah, um, that Matt is can't keep a job, so the Rev is makes a bet with him and says, "If you are able to keep this job, uh, I owe you twenty bucks. If you can't, then you owe me twenty bucks." And he says this thing that I thought was weird at first, and then it comes back at the end. Yeah. But he's like. You don't know what any job you've had before. Like, you don't know what having a job is about yet. Um, and as, like, not th- 
not to hate on delivery people, but as the IMDb synopsis said, this is kind of like a menial job. So like usually when people have those jobs, it's like because they're you know, like he 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 doesn't expect to make it. He's just looking for like some extra money or to right. get out of the house. Like he's, he's that's exactly he's, it. He's not looking to find his purpose in being a delivery boy. No. So that's why I was like, this is weird. Um, so his job at the uh, Dairy Shack um, is where we are introduced to our who the fuck is that of this episode. Um, I made it offhand. So it's we have one boss, and then we have three teenage boys, and then we have Matt. Um, and Matt, who's still in his, like, two... Because the rest of them are in these, like, Johnny Rockets-type outfits. Right, paper hats, like, white uniforms, kind of, with, like, stripes and stuff. And Matt's too cool for all of that, and he's still in his poetry-reading outfit. So uh, the other... The other employees of the Dairy Shack are like, maybe we should all be wearing the same thing. So then Matt has to put on um, the paper hat and everything on top of his outfit. But, like, he keeps the coolness factor by, like, keeping the leather jacket on top of the uniform and keeping the black turtleneck below the uniform. Because, you know, Matt's too cool for this shit. And we also find out that he's the only delivery boy, which I think is a poor, if you're rolling out, like, this is the first weekend you're doing delivery, probably a poor business tactic, uh... So I guess we'll first introduce the boss who probably had, like, or his, or Matt's boss, who has, I guess, the most lines out of any of the other, like, any of the guest stars at the Dairy Shack. His name is Roger. Uh, He is played by Curtis Anderson. Curtis Anderson is best known as, um, you might recognize him, as Gordy from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, He was in, I think, like, most of the series, like, most of the high school episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He plays the nerdy guy. Um, He also... Has been on prior episodes of Seventh Heaven. Uh, as in, he's the he's the Dairy Shack guy. No, no, no. He, he plays a ticket salesman at the movie theater. Oh, okay. So he's just like a utility. Yeah, guy. he's a utility but guy. Was, so was one of those other guys the guy who usually is the Dairy Shack guy? Yeah. Like when we saw him there, and the Rev forgot his wallet, and they were like, "Jordan has a naked woman in his wallet." Yes, uh, I think that that's our uh, that's our next character. I also wanted to say that the thing that two of these four guest stars from the Dairy Shack have in common is that they've been in Mary Kate and Ashley movies. <laughs> um, Curtis Anderson has been in Winning London. Ah. Okay, so the other three employees that Were I mentioned... Were they in, like, the You're Invited movies? The, oh, the straight to VHS? No, no. The, oh. It's like, it's when they started doing the movies around the oh, world. Oh, okay, like New York Minute and, yeah, and Passport like, to Paris. Right, exactly. The, and then the one in, like, Italy and the one in Australia. Um, oh. so, I, don't know, I don't know about those ones. Oh, I used to watch those religiously. Um, the other three characters, I offhandedly said, oh, are they, like, playing at them being the three stooges because... They're mostly quiet, and they kind of have the looks of the Three Stooges. Yeah, can verify. This happened. Um, and then I looked at my phone to see what these characters' names were, and guess what? They're called... Uh, Larry Cur- Curly and Mo. Larry Curly and Mo, exactly. So, Mo is, pa- is played by Hank Harris. Hank Harris. Uh, who is best... Who I recognize from a young Dr. Jekyll in uh, Once Upon a Time, and... In his Mary Kid and Ashley role, he was in So Little Time. Oh. Um, then there's Larry, who's played by Christopher Miranda, <laughs> who is also a human. I didn't, but he's been in a lot of stuff like Smart Guy and like. Oh, okay. All Just of like those random like bit we, parts. Yeah, and then Curly, who I didn't even write his name down because I don't recognize him. Although he did have great eyeliner or mascara on. Who knows? His eyes looked great though. Good job on your 
choices in life. He might just have, like, long eyelashes. He might have, yes, that might be true. Um, yeah, but that's really, uh, and we have them in the background kind of being, like, funny, dorky people. Um, so anyway, Matt, um, I guess a point of this is, like, Mary and Lucy were supposed to be cooking dinner at home. Uh, we'll get to that later. They end up, like, screwing it up, if you can believe it. And Simon's like, oh, we should order in. Um, and he's really pushing for the dairy shack. And the Rev is like, why don't we, you know, we're not going to embarrass Matt on his first day of work. Um, why don't we just order pizza? And Simon's like, but what if they won't deliver? Um, so anyway, um, the, I, I, I don't Simon, exactly. Simon, Simon orders from the dairy shack. And then the Rev calls and order like, adds on to the order. Um, um, and when Matt... No, this is... So, they give him the order. He goes to the house. He's got, still got the hat on, and I'm like, as soon as you leave the dairy shack, you can take the hat off, because you're the only delivery person. No one's gonna see you. Um, we already have Matt being disciplined for how much time he's taking on deliveries. Apparently, 25 minutes is too long, which... from Yeah, 25 minutes from the time he left the restaurant to the time he got back? That yeah. sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, his boss is already kind of, like, riding him. Um... That's the term, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Matt shows up, and Simon opens the door, and the total is seventeen thirty-five, which is apparently way too much for a chili cheese dog. And then Matt's like, oh, Dad called this. Well, someone added on this extra order, and he comes downstairs. Well, this is like kind of, I guess, Simon's storyline, but uh, she comes downstairs, and she's like, oh, your father said he'd pay for a pizza if it came through that door, but he said if it's Dairy Shack, it's your treat. So Simon ends up having to pay for... The Rev and Annie's food as well. Um, as well as Tip. Uh, so Matt takes that. He gives him like a $20 yeah. bill and then, yeah, Simon's like, uh, I don't know, Simon wants change, but Matt just leaves. Um, um, upon getting back to the restaurant from the Camden house, oh, well. Well, there's a bunch of things that happen in the middle. Um, I guess we can just mention it here. Yeah. Because they're like technically a part of Matt's storyline. Matt gets, we'll- yeah, Matt gets back in his car and Ruthie is in the back seat hiding. Because she's running away. We'll get back to that later. Yeah. But um, And Matt's like, you need to leave or I'll tell the parents. But obviously, Mom and Dad are too preoccupied with uh, the twins to really, like... And Ruthie knows this. So yeah. She's like, you're never going to get them out here to kick me out of the car. And then Simon comes and sits in the car as well. And he's trying to convince Ruthie to leave. And Matt's like, I'm going to go get Mom and Dad. I don't know. I think... Um, the Rev ends up going and, like, getting Ruthie out of the car eventually. Yes. We'll get to that in Ruthie's storyline. But basically, the end of this is Matt's about to leave, and... And Happy has found another order that he needs to deliver, and Happy has eaten this delivery order. So we get back to the restaurant. Now, there's two... There's Well, I guess there's three strikes against him now. One, for taking too long at delivering at the Camden household, and then two having one of the orders eaten. Um, the boss man, as he's called, Roger, is really upset and fires Matt because the person who was going to get that delivery is the most important person <laughs> to the dairy shack. Right. Um, Matt, in an act of rebellion, decides, you can't fire me, I'm going to continue working, and, like, takes the order from one of the three stooges. <laughs> and who, who also looks at him and is like, my hero, <laughs> and I don't... Like, I don't understand what... They what didn't, the point of this was. They don't really establish... Like, they establish them first as people that are, like, they, like laughing at Matt's misfortune, but then all of a sudden one of them is like, oh, my God. I'm gonna You're going to continue you, working after you've been fired? Wow. My hero. 
So he goes to deliver this last order. It was good luck for him, I guess. <laughs> because guess who it is? Um, if our listeners remember... I mean, it, it's since she was only in, like, one episode, it's Shauna. Yeah. Uh, if you guys remember, Shauna was somebody that Matt dated for an episode who had a brother that had problems. Yeah. Again, we don't know what those problems were, other but. than violence towards women or people in general, but yeah. problems. And we learn that Shauna is living in this, like, apartment alone now because the... I don't know, so her brother, like, is getting treatment for his problems, so he's away somewhere, and I guess her mother wasn't, like, taking care of... Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was, like, the mother wasn't taking care of them, so the Rev, like, got her into some program that finds, finds like, housing for teens, so she's li- she's living it up now alone, and... and uh, I don't know, if she Sha- invites Matt in or Matt invites himself in. Shauna asks what time he gets off of work, and he's like, funnily enough, I just got fired, and yeah. takes his hat off. And then they end up, like, having a makeout session on the couch. Um, this is when boss man Roger calls Shauna's residence, asking to speak to Matt. Um, Shauna says something like, your boss has sent an APB out for you. I was like, haha, Shauna, you're so funny. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, big surprise, the Dairy Shack, on the first day they were ever doing delivery, fired their only delivery boy, and they need him back. I think Matt's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, and so, I guess through somehow, because Shauna's like, what about the bet with your dad? So I guess somehow, and in between, like, making out... Matt, and he's like, oh, I'll lose, like, 30 bucks or whatever. So I guess he won. He won. Not he didn't win. He uh, he made some money on his delivery run, so he doesn't care about losing this money because he's reconnected with Shauna. Um, which I hope continues on, though who knows? We don't really know much about Shauna, though. Do you, like, I don't know. No, I don't do you know. Do like any... her? Or... No, I just mean, like, it would be nice for consistency. Yeah. yeah. Um, for Matt, anyway. I feel like we get consistency a lot with a lot of the other characters, but Matt... Is kind of just all over the place. Yeah, this is just his wacky dating life. Yeah. Um, Matt comes home with lipstick all over his face, though it does look like he's having an allergic reaction <laughs> on his face. Um, he has a moment where he admits defeat to the Rev, and the Rev is like, this brings back to your point about what having a job is really about. Oh, yeah. So the Rev is like, the whole point of any job is making the boss happy. And I was like... Like making your boss look good. Oh, yeah, making your boss look good. Um, which, which I guess in turn would make the boss happy. But um, Which I guess, like, in an abstract sense, makes sense. I don't know if I really like it. But is that even, like, abstract? I don't know. No, yeah, making the boss look... I, I mean, if you think about any... Well, I mean, not any job. I mean, if you're a firefighter, your job should not be making your boss look good. It should be saving the lives of the people. Well, I mean, that probably makes your boss look good. I guess so. Or, like... Eh. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not getting into this. I'm not going to think about it, because... No. <laughs> <laughs> we could come up with too many scenarios in which that shouldn't be your primary objective. Right. Uh, right. It shouldn't be the primary prim- objective. It should be secondary to what, like, whatever you do, you should be doing it well. Also, maybe wanting to have the job that you have would be nice. Yeah. Also. Um, but that's really it for Matt. He probably gets off the easiest in this episode. No, maybe not. No. 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 Okay. So, anyway. So, we'll go to Ruthie now. Um... As you said before, they played into, like... All right, first of all, the IMDb user synopsis says that Lucy runs away. Ruthie's whole thing is, like, she used to be the youngest. Now there are these babies that are getting all of the attention. As we know from the first three seasons before the babies were born, Ruthie usually got a lot of attention in the episodes. 
Um, and basically got to do whatever she wanted and get away with it. One of the first scenes, I think it's right after the cold open, yeah. she's singing this song. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. And she just repeats that over and over again. And this is very morose. Like, she's, like, kind of singing it, but... Yeah, it's... It, it's, a, it's I like... It's more like a whining. Like. It was one of my favorite scenes of the episode. I think I really like Ruthie singing ominously. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's done really well. Um, she should pursue a career in, like, horror films. Exactly. Actually, she was in a horror film when, when she was older, but... Um, Annie's like, you're not a motherless child. I'm your mother. I'm sitting right behind you. Um, Ruthie does not like the idea of Annie breastfeeding in front of her. Um, and uh, She just doesn't want to hear anything right. about the twins. That's basically... We have another yeah. like we have another scene where she tries to like be sit in the in the crib of one of the like one of the twins is cribs crib twins crib Bassinet, yeah bassinet yeah it's smaller than a crib yeah, it's like, and she's just like I can still fit in this like I'm still your baby and her <laughs> very violent yeah the rev was kind of snapping at people throughout this episode and like he goes to like pull her out of it and then she starts screaming like mommy which was very. Childless, like very, very, very much like acting like a baby. Annie comes up. He's like, "What's happening here?" And Ruthie said, "Daddy hurt me. He hurt my foot." And like, the Rev started acting like a child too, because he's like, "I didn't touch your foot." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, clearly, Annie knows what's going on. You don't need to defend yourself like this. Yeah. Um. So, like we said, Ruthie starts packing. Uh, yeah. She um. Packs things. She decides to leave a, a picture of Simon behind because it's not important to her. <laughs> um, we have a couple of scenes here in Ruthie's storyline where, her, like, the Rev and then Annie say something along the lines of, don't run away tonight, run away tomorrow. <laughs> so that you can, yeah, like, they know what's going on. And, like, something about, well, where are you going to stay if you run away tonight? And she's like, uh, outside in a tree. So the animals don't eat me. Yeah, and then, so when she's, like, all packed and ready to go, I think Lucy is downstairs and Simon is de- Simon is trying to convince her not to run away. And they're like, well, why do you have a jump rope? And she's like, Dad told me to tie myself to a tree. So she doesn't fall out of it when she's sleeping. Yeah. Um, eventually, Ruthie does run away. We have, um, she's, she has a couple of scenes where she calls the babies really great things, like uh, snails with puppy tails and the children of the corn, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, she runs away, and her running away is going into Matt's car, which we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, this kind of ties into Simon's storyline just a tiny bit, but um, Simon eventually is the one to talk to her and be like, nobody's as cute as you. <laughs> Uh, like, a, yeah, he he's gives, just, like, being, I don't know, he's, like, try, Simon's trying to be, like, a little adult. And he, like, gives her a pep talk. She eventually goes inside, and this whole thing is resolved by Annie having a heart-to-heart with Ruthie and looking at... Her baby book. Right. Um, and, I don't know. They have a conversation. Honestly, like, the reason that we don't have much to say here is because this was a very boring and bland episode. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, don't watch it if you don't have to. Um, <laughs> it's not our fault, it's the show's fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like, I guess it's like, and then she, well, Ruthie is like, are you going to give me my baby book when I'm, like, grown up? And Annie says, I'm going to give it to you now because you're a big sister. I guess, like, Ruthie was kind of like the comic relief in this because, like, at one point, 
I don't know, they told her to do what, like, Simon says, or, like, oh, like, your Simon is supposed to be watching you, and she's like, is Simon my new mommy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I can't... Oh, and also, you said, because you said this in the beginning, they put Simon on, like, Ruthie duty, and you were like, how is that different from any other episode? And then, um, in a different scene, um, Simon says to the, the, the parents... You have no idea what it's like watching her. And they say, I think we do. And I was like, no, you don't. Because since the beginning of, since the show started, all that happens is Simon is always in charge of watching Ruthie. Yeah, no, that's exactly true. Uh, Which brings us to Simon's storyline. Simon is kind of wearing shoes that are too big for him uh, in this episode. He, although his... Not literally. Not literally. His job essentially, as it is in every episode of Seventh Heaven, is to look after Happy and Ruthie. But he decides that he can take on more than that, and he needs to be the one that's helping his parents take care of the twins. This means that he goes lax in his duties yeah. to take care of Ruthie and, the, and Happy. So this means that Ruthie runs away, as we know, but it also means that Happy never gets taken outside or fed. But, yeah, so Ruthie, yep, no, so Happy gets into the food, as we said, that Matt right. has in the car. And she pees on, or she pees in the house, which uh, is our second um, pee incident, where um, the Rev steps on steps in the pee. Yeah. So, poor the Rev, I guess. I guess, I don't know. <laughs> um, basically, this really, this pretty much ends with uh, the Rev being like, Simon, you need to stop giving us advice, and you kind of need to, like... Like, I know that you're really excited about being a big brother, and you think you're the reason that we have boys because you prayed for them. But he said that. Yeah. He was like, I need to help because it's my, it's like, it's my fault that we have boys, and, like, I need to nurture them or something. And this kind of goes back to the last episode where Simon was really excited about being a big brother. And he's like, I was a cool, like, I was a cute baby and a cool kid to, to Matt. And I was like, yeah, well, you were an exception. And so <laughs> he's expecting the same with the twins. Um... But basically, like, the Rev just puts him in his place. He's like, your job is to take care of Happy and Ruthie. You do that. We'll take care of the twins until, like, they get older, and then you can start taking on more responsibility. And that's really it for Simon. Yeah. Um, so here we have, like, probably the most interesting storyline is, is Mary's. Right. Yeah, I really, I did enjoy Mary's storyline. Because it was the only time that it was actually, like, you know, Matt's was, like, outside the house, but it wasn't that interesting no. or funny. Or not that Mary's was funny. But so anyway, Mary... Um, is plot, we learn that I guess Wilson's in town and she had these plans before she found out that they all were kind of on lockdown in the house. Um, and when she finds out, um, she's got kind of complaining to Lucy and Lucy's like, they're never going to let you out of the house. And she's like, well, then we have to go to plan B, so, which we learn is basically Lucy just covering for Mary. And this isn't the first time we've seen it because you said like, oh, this is actually really cool of Lucy. But it's not the first time that they've, hatched one of these kind of like Mary's going out to do something that she's not supposed to and and Lucy actually does like cover for her. Well I feel like or unless I'm remembering correctly those usually end with Lucy like throwing it back in her face. Right or telling her like or telling the parents like being like well you should be concerned with what Mary's doing or whatever but this time she did throw it back in her face at the end but but she did not end up telling the parents they just found out because they were listening well they knew from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought, I think that's pretty cool for little sisters to, I mean, I just feel like Lucy's characterization is very much like, uh, no, I'm thinking about myself all the time. And also I need to be like a goody two shoes. So 
I will tell everyone what you're doing, Mary. But I thought it was nice of her to not do that. Especially because she had, every, like, throughout the episode, which we'll later learn, she had every chance to, like, tell on Mary, and she didn't. And I think that, but I also think that when it comes to, like, dating or things like that, like, I, I'm trying to think, the most recent time, I think, was when she wanted to go to, like, the co-ed sleepover. And right, right. was like, well, you should care about, like, what Mary was doing. But it was because she was in, like, just as much trouble. But this time, she didn't do anything. So, like, she didn't end up th- really, like, I don't know. And also, when it has to do with, like, dating or whatever, Lucy is, like, always on board with, like, the gossip that will come from, like, you know, anyone going on a date. Mm. I feel like she, like, loves that shit, so. So Mary, so the, the before they can, before Mary can hatch her plan to leave, they have to make dinner. Uh, they are making tuna helper, but when they make the tuna helper. They only make the helper. And they forget the tuna. Yeah. Um, which is how we get to the point where Simon needs to order food because he's still hungry. Um, Mary leaves, and the parents find out right away. The, this little gimmick in the episode is that because of this, like the location of the parents' bedroom, they can look out the window and see anytime somebody leaves. So yeah, it's so like they, the front of the house. So. Right. So this is when they see Mary leaving. They also see Ruthie getting into Matt's car, so they're not concerned when she quote-unquote runs away and all of these things. Um, so, yeah, so, as, so the parents know right away because... After dinner is supposed to have been served to all the kids, uh, the Rev is looking out the window and he says, why is Mary, like, Mary's backing out of the driveway right now. And then they're like, she's probably going after a boy. So she goes to Eddie's pool hall where, as we said earlier, she's... She's called the pool hall. The pool hall where she's waiting for Wilson and who shows up? It's Jordan. And he's just there alone. Yeah. Um, so just to refresh everybody's memories, remember Jordan and Lucy broke up in the last episode through a phone call at the hospital. For no real good reason, just, you know, well, I don't well, know. Well, Lucy said they weren't going anywhere. She yeah. didn't see them, like, going anywhere. And also, to refresh your memories, remember, Jordan and Mary went on a date before he started dating Lucy. So, Mary's like, oh, I'm waiting for, I'm meeting up with, like, someone, my ex-boyfriend, uh, so I'm just waiting here, and... So- and Jordan's sitting at the table, and someone comes to take their order, and Mary's like, no, we're not together. But Jordan, um, I guess reasonably, is like, sees no harm, and he's like, oh, no, come on, you're going to eat anyway. Like, I'm, let, let's get, like, two burgers and fries. He's, he calls it a non-date burger. He's yeah. like, let me get you a non-date burger. So they end up having a very good time um, eating and playing, what is it, paper football? What is that oh, called? Oh, yeah, they're do, they, I, just, I don't know. I guess it's called, like, I don't know. They have... You, they like it's like a triangle. Like, it's like a piece of paper in the shape of a triangle, and they t- kick it back and forth through each other's like hands that are shaped like a field goal. Right. Um, and it, Mary looks at the clock or looks at her watch and sees that it's getting really late. Her, Wilson hasn't showed up, shown up yet, so she's like, "Let me. I have to go. I should go back." And he's like, "Well, um, why don't you just stay? Because clearly your parents aren't here to pick you up. They know that you're gone." Because Lu- like it's Lucy that's covering for you, and we know that she can't cover for anyone, and that means the kids are still crying. Do you really want to be around the crying babies? We also get here. He says very like he says, "Oh, I kind of wish Lucy and I hadn't broken up yet, because then I could meet the twins." Reiterating the fact that they broke up, um, right. so she ends up staying and hanging out with Jordan because she's having a good time. And then Wilson eventually shows up with Billy. With Billy, because and we find out he's late because. He couldn't get a sitter? Is that, I don't know. He couldn't get Billy to fall asleep. Oh, okay, so. Billy was coming with. Um, We immediately kind of see that whatever 
chemistry there was between Wilson and Mary beforehand has kind of gone away. Um, Wilson is preoccupied with his son who is going crazy. <laughs> Running around, causing terror in the pool hall. Yeah. Um, At one point, a waitress is chasing after him and is like, you can't take that, it's real money. <laughs> so he's stealing money right. from people. Um, so we learn, and I don't know if we've known this before, but Wilson is going to school, a college in New England. No, I thought it was in Buffalo. Does he say New England? He now? says New England. Oh, he's lying because eventually he's in Buffalo. And he says that because it's so cold in New England, Billy can't, like, play outside. And since, and, and this is why he's, like, running around like crazy. He all, and also because it's cold in New England and because he is at a, Billy's at a daycare all the time, he gets sick a lot. So yeah. that's another reason why he's, like, housebound? House, I don't know. Um, and if he was in, I guess if Glen Oak, his parents could watch Billy, I don't know. Wilson says that, you know... He is really lonely in New England, and he really misses Mary. And this is like Mary's, this is Mary, it's supposed to be Mary's turn to be like, yes, let's get back together. And she's like, I don't think so. Please, and please, well, like. like, okay, he well, have to set the, paint the picture of, well, every time, like, something, Wilson says something that's like, we should get back together, like, I'm going to move, I want to move back here or whatever. They'll, like, cut to a shot of Jordan just, like, in the corner alone, like, watching Wilson and Mary talking, so it's obviously setting up something. And when she finally says, uh, no thank you, like, I can't be the one making the decision, making your life decisions for you, and also, like... But Wilson is like, yes, I want you to. Yeah, you need to tell me right now if I should come back to Glen Oak. And as soon as he says that, Mary kind of sees Jordan, and they make eye contact, and then Mary says, no, I'm not doing this. And then he's like, is this because of... Jordan, isn't Jordan, like, isn't that guy Lucy's ex-boyfriend? Is he now your future boyfriend? She's like, no, we were just hanging out. But were they? But were they? I think something has been ignited. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, so I guess... She leaves. She leaves, she goes home, um, and then there's, I guess we'll get to this now, sort of. There's been this thing, all of the kids have been singing to the babies to get them to be except, quiet. So Except for Ruthie, who is singing about herself yes. and being a motherless child. So um, Mary now uh, is singing to the children. I think she's singing Sweet Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Yeah, so that's, um, that's the first scene we see of her at home. We never see her enter the house. And the parents will get there like, okay, go to sleep, whatever. And then she goes to her room. Well, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy comes, comes in. and grabs her because they're like, oh, it's so great of you. You've been home all night doing all the chores we assigned you, and now you're here trying to get the twins to sleep. Um, and Lucy's like, well, Lucy, Lucy hears a story about how Mary waited for like an hour and a half or something for Wilson to show up, but then she like ended things with Wilson. Yeah. And Lucy's like, what were you doing before Wilson showed up? Who were you with? And that's when Mary, we don't hear this uh, this happened. Well, Mary's like one of your friends, and then Lucy's like, because Lucy had been on the phone earlier trying to call her friends, and none of them were home. And, and she's like, of course, because all of my friends are out tonight. And then Mary says it was Jordan, and Lucy flips out. She's like, not only did you leave me here to do all the chores and then come back, but you were hanging out with my boyfriend? Now, again, I will say... They broke up. They broke up. Jordan is not Lucy's boyfriend. And it's not like Jordan broke up with Lucy. Lucy broke up with Jordan. So she can't call him that. That's why Lucy is the worst moment, her calling him that. Um, Mary then, like, comes... Well, because the parents hear everything that's happening, because it's all happening in the hallway. 
Mary comes clean about not being there, even though, like, the they parent... knew the whole time. And she's like, well, good news, though. I'm over Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, congratulations, Mary. Uh, Mary is grounded for a long time. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, Lucy's storyline is basically Lucy covering for Mary really badly. And then once the Rev knows that... Well, he knows instantly yeah. that Mary's gone. He is like, okay, well, we have some chores for you and Mary. And he gives... Lucy a bunch of chores to do and he's like basically stuff that like one person wouldn't be able to get done. Cleaning the floors of the kitchen, cleaning the tub, doing laundry, etc. Uh, we do have a great scene of Beverly Mitchell uh, dancing and singing while she's cleaning the bath, the, the, um, kitchen, floors. the kitchen floors, which is which might may be up on our social media. We'll leave you in suspense. We'll make no promises. Yes, we'll leave you in suspense. Um, so she cleans the bathtub. She's all grumpy about it. Um, yeah, um, and still all the while just pretending Mary's there. Like, when she's cleaning the bathtub, the Rev, like, knocks on the door, and he's like, Lucy, Mary? Ha <laughs> ha, it's so funny. Uh, that's about it. At uh, the end of the episode, as we mentioned, all the kids take a turn at trying to sing the, the babies to sleep, and all of them suck. Uh, Simon's no good, Matt's no good, Mary's no good. Uh, but Lucy's like, let me give it a shot. And the parents have, like, at this point given up so much. The next scene, like, the last scene we have, really, is her wearing this, like, contraption on her body that holds the twins. It's like a baby Bjorn, but it's for two I know, two but babies. it doesn't look right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to futuristic baby Bjorns yeah. and not from the 90s. Yeah. Um, and she starts singing a song, which is called uh, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Um, and this is Beverly Mitchell's singing debut on Seventh Heaven, but I also think maybe in life. In life. <laughs> um, and apparently, we are we learn here that Lucy has a great singing voice. Debatable. And, um, and the end of the episode is all of the kids hearing the fact that Lucy's singing because I guess the walls in the Camden household are super thin. Or she's very loud. Or she's very loud. And Ruthie joins in, Simon joins in, Mary joins in, Matt joins in. This must in. be a childhood favorite of the children. And the parents also join in. And this is all taking place in everybody's respective bedrooms except for Lucy who's in the hallway. Yes, with the babies. With but the this babies. Does, it's magic. It works. And they quiet down, and I'm assuming they go to bed. And that is, and uh, the I was like, oh, I forgot what a beautiful voice Lucy had. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. And that's it. I'm giving it a 1.5. Oh, I was just, I was going to give it a 2. Did not like. I'm going to give it a 2. I kind of like the uh, impending drama that's about to happen between Jordan and Mary. Oh, yeah, and of course Lucy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll give it a 2 for anticipation. It's a... <laughs> Patience. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, so, who was your best candidate in this episode? Um, I guess Mary. Yeah, Mary's she mine was, too. Like, the most interesting, so I think that helped. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. So that's it. Um, you can catch us on our show, social media. Our social media. <laughs> We are on Twitter and Instagram, which is at CamdenCast Show, and we are on Facebook with CamdenCast. And you can get our podcast delivered to you every Wednesday and Saturday by subscribing on iTunes or just checking our SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com backslash Show, or if it's just CamdenCast. I think it's just CamdenCast. I think it's just CamdenCast as well. Never yeah. mind. Uh, so we'll catch you here. On- and you can also like, rate, subscribe, review on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yep. So we'll catch you here for the next episode on Saturday. When I-
Wednesday. Wednesday. Correct. Wednesday and Saturday. I'm Erin. And I'm Tanby. This was Camden Cast. <laughs>